Welcome to This Is Our Year Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is the Bears post game. The Vikings beat the Bears 29 to 22 to advance to a 4 and 1 record and 3 and 0 in the division. With all the tiebreakers taken into account, the Vikings are in second place in the NFC as of this moment. Uh, a couple of franchise Let's records. Go. Franchise records broken today as well. Uh not today. Sunday. JJ broke the franchise record for most catches in the first three seasons of a career. Was held by Randy Moss. He had 226. JJ now has 228 and counting. And uh, Kirk Cousins broke the Vikings' consecutive completion record, formerly held by Tommy Kramer. He had uh, 17 for 17 to start off that game. Uh, So it is officially Kirktober. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, no, uh, I feel like the Bears just really allowed him to do what he does best, just make the easy completions. Uh, that was a heck of a first half. Three touchdowns on the first three drives. Can't ask for much better from your franchise quarterback right there. You sure can't, except for the epic stall out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and and that seems to that seems to be who the Vikings are. But before we get into that, and we will, I do have a question for you. How well do you remember last season? So, last year, uh, here's the question: What was Kirk Cousins' touchdown interception ratio during the month of October? Now, Kerry's been making a run. I believe the score is currently 6-5 to five in favor of Austin. Kerry got the last score, so Austin, do you want to take this question? Um, Yeah, I'll take it. I will take it. Yes, Kirk Cousins' touchdown to interception ratio during the month of October last season. Okay, that's okay. Because I know he started last year off really well with like no interceptions so we are in week what five right now yeah mm-hmm. or are we we just finished week five yeah that we just we're heading, into five week, games. heading into week six so then last year um by the end of october it would have been what week nine or just going into week nine i, I can't tell you i know i'm just trying to think of math uh Okay, I'm going to guess it was – is it just for the month of October what they're doing? Or just, is it just the month of October. Oh, so basically that <laughs> – so that's not fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you might want to beep some of those out. <laughs> You're stalling. Uh, You're looking. I at know. I, I'm trying to think. I want to go nine one, but I think he was nine one at the end of the month and not just from the month. So I'm gonna go just to be safe six two. No, I'll go. I'll go nine one. I don't know why I want to say nine one. I'll go nine one. All right, Carrie, what do you got on this one? So I feel like we had our bye week during October last year. Maybe I'm totally making that up. I probably am. But I'm going to go, I don't know, let's call it, so what is that, like three or four games? You think he's what, if he's red hot, which I'm pretty sure he was, he's throwing like two touchdowns a game at least. Let's go, let's go 10 and two. Okay. Final so, answer. 
10 and 2 final answer, 9 and 1 final answer. Okay, I, I know I'm trying to do the math because there's two variables here. Let's see. All right. I didn't think of the buy at all, so Carrie, you might. Well, okay, do we so... have our buy? I can't remember. Okay, can't I'll, remember I'll give what... you the answer. The answer is six and two. That's what I wanted to send out. We're going to have to put an expletive warning on this one. This is the first time. Wow. <laughs> Austin, you need to cool it, man. <laughs> it, was, it was six and two. Okay, so you said nine and one, so there's a difference of three on the touchdowns and one on the interception. So you had a total of four off and you said Carrie, ten two, you said so I still win. No, no. You guys both have a difference of four, but I thought that maybe this would happen. So I have a tiebreaker question on this one. And don't we have to do another, this, how well do you remember from last episode? Cause we didn't do one. No, no, because this tiebreaker was my, uh, my second one, but, uh, these are hard to come up with, man. It's a long season. <laughs> All right. Here's the tiebreaker. It goes back to Austin. Austin, you have the chance to end it and run with the point. What was the Vikings' record during the month of October? How, what, how many wins, how many losses during the month of October last year? Two. Oh, frick. Uh, <laughs> crap. Did we have a bye week? In the month of October. I feel like we did. Honor system, no Googling. I know. Uh, well, my app breaks down anytime I Google, so you'll know. <laughs> uh, oh, it's either 2-2 two, two or, I think, 2-1. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1. I think we did have a buy in October. I'm going to go 3-1. and one. No, you guys... No, sorry. That's not my final answer. That is not my final answer. I'm going to go 2-2. Two and two. That was my. Okay, you know what? It it pains me, Carrie. You just tied it up. They went two and two during that time. Let's go. So we didn't have our buy. When was our buy? I thought it was in October. It, was, it might have been like the week before October. Yeah, no, they went two and two during the month of October. Uh, that I remember last year, kind of during Kirktober. It was not his best month of October. You know, he's always been statistically and historically really good in October, but not uh, not last year. Two and two. But, I, I mean, they're one for one in the month of October this year, so let's go. I mean, and next week we'll talk more about that too. We've got uh, – we're going up against a Dolphins team that I feel a lot more ready to go up against than I would have about two weeks ago. A lot changes. Uh Injuries, you know, concussions, a lot can change really fast oh, in this we, league. We did have our bye. We had our bye in October. We did. We did. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Week seven, we had our bye. So we played on the third, the tenth, the seventeenth, the twenty-fourth was a bye week, and then the thirty-first. Yeah, because I remember uh, Austin and I went to that uh, Cowboys game on the thirty-first. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. The score is now even up at six to six. Carrie making a big comeback here. Uh, anyway, so uh, well, let's let's talk about this Vikings team now. Now I've got a I've got a a new thing here. I'm going to tell you guys. You know what? Convince me. It's really time to start asking ourselves 
and, and okay, we know that this team has a lot to work on. We know that. But are the Vikings contenders? Should we be thinking of them that way? Why or why not? And Austin, I'm throwing you into the fire. I want you to tell me why they are contenders. And Carrie, I want you to tell me why they are not contenders. I feel like this is good because Austin's always optimistic and I'm always realistic. I'd say it's been reversed this season. Um, but uh, contenders for what? Are we contenders, contenders for playoffs? Are we contenders for Super Bowl? Contenders I want you for to Super Bowl? Me that the Vikings are the real deal. Um, that there's well, no that they can go up from here. I think the Vikings have some real deal players. Are the Vikings the real deal themselves? I don't know. Austin, um, you're not being very convincing right now. Well, I, I mean, I think you put the wrong roles on here. I think you've been the one that's been a little more excited on the Vikings' performance this season. And I think I've been the one that's been able to see a little bit behind the the curtain, if you so-called, and see the show that's being put on. Well, but, I would say I'm more just frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated. Um, I, it's hard. It's really hard to say the Vikings are the real deal. We have a very nice record. We have um, three divisional wins now, but I mean, I would say we're we're the real deal within the division. I think we're the most likely to win the division. That's what I'm confident in. Now, are we the most likely to make a run in the playoffs? I don't know. Um, We've really only faced one superb team this year, I think, and we lost to them. I think all the other teams that we have been able to face this year haven't been that haven't been what you I think are trying to argue as contenders, Mikey. Um so you know, I'm not there to say we're contenders yet. I think people are I'm really excited to be four and one, but there's a whole lot of the season left and there's a whole lot of challenges that we have not faced yet. So I'm not gonna try to get you confident, Mike. I think you're the one that wants to be confident with it. So if if you're excited with the four one record, go for it. But I think we had a very easy step to that. And we still almost blew it several times. So I'm not sold yet on this Vikings team. Well, I give you an F on the assignment, I suppose. Uh, I, I think I think we're honest. I think we're a little too early. And there's and like we said last week, we're not even being placed usually high up people's power rankings. And this week, I think the reason why we're up at the power ranking is purely on the 4-1. Now, if we go back and look at those five games, how many of those games would you actually say the Vikings looked in charge most one. of the game? Week or one. Week one. Quite a bit. And, are, and it's sad because going almost into halftime yesterday, when I looked at the time of possession, we had the ball for like 20 minutes and the Bears had it for four minutes in the first half. And they still almost came back and won it. That's my problem. Right. I, I mean, yes, all these things are true. But you didn't understand the assignment. That's all right. Kerry, why are they not contenders? The Vikings are not contenders because I have seen uh, significantly better uh, two and two and uh, – or. Er, three and two and two and three teams than the Vikings are right now. I think the Vikings are lucky. They've kind of skated by. They had all these really nice divisional home games right away. Vikings are really hard to beat at home. They are. But I'm 
I don't think the Vikings are contenders right now. Strictly due to the fact that um, we still can't seem to play all 60 minutes at a high level. And there are plenty of other teams in the NFL that do know how to play all 60 minutes at a high level. Um, so that's good. That's like the thesis of my paper. Um, granted, I'm not going to elaborate on that too heavily for the sake of time. But I just, yeah, there's, there's too many teams that are playing really good right now, like the Eagles. If we had to face the Eagles again, um, if they were in our division, for instance, and we had to face them again this Sunday, even if it were at home, I think we would lose. Um, I just, I, there are more complete teams out there and that's, that's what uh, has me scared for the future. Longevity of this team. Um, I, I don't think that we are invincible when it comes to being figured out. Because no. um, I think we will just keep stepping on our even the teams don't need to figure us out. Teams don't need to try and uh, understand the Kevin O'Connell mastermind, whatever, not calling him a mastermind. But I, we just are doing enough of shooting ourselves in the foot and being silly and all that, that we're not that big of a threat yet that we need to yeah. be dissected and figured out. Right. I mean, okay. and, and, and I also agree wanna... with both of you guys on, on this. I don't think that the Vikings are contenders yet. I just wanted to hear, you know, maybe there's some reason for optimism, but you're right. You know, there's a lot of these times we we've been known to have these games where we get in really close situations and I mean, I guess we'll just take the Bears, for example. We've gotten the better end of it a lot lately, but the Bears are not a good team this year. They don't look good, but, you know, you take a game like that, it's going to be a weird game. It's always a weird game whenever the Vikings play the Bears. And when we do these score predictions, I don't know why I ever predict, like, a high scoring or, like, a blowout of a game in any anyway it's always going to be like down to the last minute usually down to the last play aside from you know this Packers game this year but again I, I the thing that I'm still you know holding on to if I have to make the argument that the Vikings are real you know it's it's got to be just kind of the untapped potential still it's it's early in the season we're at four and one I don't think it's unreasonable even at this point, to think that we could get 11, even 12 wins. And my NFC, that's, that might be enough for a first-round bye. My big problem with it, and especially with looking at this 4-1 and one record, you take divisional games away, we're 1-1. One and one. So we've gained three wins, which is nice, especially I love divisional wins, but they're against three teams that you know very well. Now I want to see how this Vikings plays against a team it doesn't really know because right now we're at a 50-50 with it. So I think that's the big test is what we're going to do with these non-divisional or out-of-conference games that we have this season. And that's something to really look at is it's, it might be easier to get a win over a team you face uh, eight times in four years than it is to get a team you face maybe once. But how is it really easier? Because they face you that same amount of time, you know? But you just, you know what's going to come. You know the game plan. You're always going to know what your divisional, you're always going to know your divisional team better than the other team. And you get to face them twice a year. 
So that's a huge advantage. And I'll admit, you know, we got lucky having three home divisional games early in the season to stack wins and give time, uh, you know, for this team to still learn. You know, that's where I think the biggest thing is here. You know, we've got that insurance. Harrison Smith said it this week. He said something along the lines of, I'm not quoting verbatim, but he said something along the lines of, it's easy, it's, it's really great when you can learn while you're, while you're winning. Because for the longest time, for the last at least two years, where we haven't been above 500 since Justin Jefferson has come into the league, a lot of these young players have had to learn while losing and now you know like it it just feels a lot better to be able to learn and gain new things while you're in this winning position uh Cameron Gansler is one it seems like he's starting to really come into his own this season he had a few I mean yes he had a few not so good plays but he definitely more than made up for it this week uh stopping a two-point conversion and uh stripping Amir Smith-Marset on that fumble on that last drive for the Bears. Was it even a strip? It was a pull away. Yeah, he, it was uh, It was really good. I mean, I know he also said it was a little snarky. He said, yeah, we had some, some intel that we might be able to get him. Nice. Ah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I, I feel like for me, that's the that is the highest point. We can see that this team is learning and is growing. You look at our third downs uh, on offense throughout this whole game. I think we were, what, 12 for 13 or something like that? 12 for 14? It was something. We were really good on third down on offense. Uh, Daniel Hunter, he did make an impact. He was not the player of the game. And, you know, I think the one downfall, for me, the biggest downfall of this team is not our third quarter offense, which is pretty, pretty abysmal, but it's just this defense. And uh, we still need to learn how to utilize the players that we have. It seems like Daniel Hunter maybe just isn't being utilized in the way that best uses his strengths. You know, he's really great at rushing the passer. And I feel like they don't have him out rushing the passer. They have him out in coverage a lot more than he maybe should be. Yeah, I, I'm not impressed with the defense yet. And this is a team of veterans that, and we keep saying it every week, you know, think about guys like Daniil Hunter, um, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, um, Pat Pete, even I'm pretty sure he played in a four, three in Arizona. I could be wrong though. These are guys that are used to playing in the four, three, their entire careers. And now we're shifting to this three, four scheme where, there are some strong similarities to what Daniil Hunter was doing before where he was still rushing from the edge. It's not like he's blitzing the B gap as a linebacker, you know, but I, it's still a lot for these guys to learn at this point in their careers. Um, So I think that's where we're running into still some issues. And it's just, it seemed like the lions, um, I mean, they definitely won the time of possession battle, right? It just seemed, third quarter I, thought I was watching like lions highlights like it, it just seemed like the vikings were not even playing in the second half of that game until the very end where it, it was just like i did i fall asleep for a second and miss the vikings drive it just seemed like we weren't even on the field yeah no, justin fields really he was making some really good plays and i think that's something 
that we talked about it, it's very likely for it to happen. I kept thinking back to our conversation on the last show about how what's more predictable. You know, are the Vikings going to, you know, are they going to stop the run or are they going to focus on the pass? Like, are they going to do what they're good at? Or, you know, it's some of those things. What is less predictable? Trying to do what you're good at or trying to do something that maybe you haven't been as historically good at throughout this season. And uh, Justin Fields was starting to look like a real quarterback. They were not running the ball efficiently, but he was making some big time throws, uh, doing a lot of work with his legs, you know, would have had a, what, 20 plus yard rushing touchdown if it wasn't for that illegal block in the back, which uh, Cameron Dantzler did an excellent, uh, excellent acting job. I mean, he was blocked in the back, but he sure got the ref's attention about it. Yeah, I, I I saw that play, and yeah, it looked like one of those basketball flops where it's like, are you serious? But luckily, the besides that, you know, the referees didn't play too much into this game, which was which was good. That's what's nice about the, these Vikings is that it's looked pretty clean for the most part. You know, Pat Beat got called on a hold earlier in the game or PI, and you know that was about right. It was a good call, you know, but there was no heinous ref ball as people like to say um during this game which was good to see um but i going on that you know these the vikings offensive line it seems like they've just been playing so so well i i saw today that um four of our five offensive linemen or starting offensive linemen are ranked in the top 13 yeah i'm pretty sure derisaw's number like He's top five, and then those other guys are all from, like, that 10 to 13 range, which I feel like is really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've we've been, for years, just wanting at least a mediocre offensive line. Like, there would have been so much more that we can do with a mediocre offensive line. And, I mean, that just shows, like, yes, we've had a lot of close games, but uh, we've had we've been able to come back in the fourth quarter. We've been able to pull it together when it matters the most. And I think, you know, you look at that slight edge of having an offensive line that is not among the worst in the league. And you got to think that makes a makes a huge difference. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Dalvin Cook was able to he was able to run the ball effectively. And and that really that really helped, too, because that was really one of the first times this season that he's really been able to do that. I noticed it looked like he was still wearing the harness. And he was. And speaking yeah, of, I saw that um, this was the most amount of snaps Alexander Madison has got in a game um, in which Dalvin Cook was also playing in the same game. Highest in his in his career so far with Dalvin Cook, as really? far as how the snaps were split. Hmm. Now we're starting That's- to see a passing of the mantle. Yeah, you know, you might be right, and... We were talking about that, Austin, before you got on on the last time. I said, you know, Austin would be – he'd be cheering to hear us say this because I know all last year you were on this show. You were the biggest Alex- Alexander Madison fanboy of the three of us. You know, like we were saying, you know, we got to get Alexander Madison more involved there just because it seems like it's been hard for Cook to really get going if you want to put the whole load on his shoulders. and. Mm-hmm. If, you know, that stat is true, that's really – that shows really great things for Cook and for this offense. Yes. But, yeah. I think, so, I think you mean Madison in this offense. I mean, both of them. I mean, I, I think 
my point was more, you know, with Madison in there getting getting uh, into the mix a little bit more, it allows for Cook to, Rest. you know, do a little bit more with a little less weight on his shoulders. So good things for Cook, good things for Madison, good things for this offense overall. So I guess where would you guys rank your – this is our year-o-meter after this game. The Vikings are 4-1, and 3-0 and in the division. They still have three more divisional games all on the road. And they have still the hardest games in their schedule yet to come, yet still some pretty easy games still too. So I don't know. There's really a lot. There's really a lot left in this season for us to see. Where's your meter at? Um, I'm growing up in very, very small increments. Last year, especially towards the end of the season, I feel like I was just, it was going from like, oh, I'm at 85 and now I'm down to 30. Oh, I'm back up to 60 something. So I'm on this super, super steady increase i think last week i was at a cool i think 70 percent 70 72 i'm kicking it up to a 74 percent i think it's it's great that we are in the lead right now it's great that the packers lost i mean my goodness but i don't think the we whole division lost the whole what division lost the whole division lost this yeah week. exactly so it's it's that's always amazing to see but I, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. And I saw on um, the Pat McAfee show today, um, they were kind of talking about how, hey, if the Packers lose to the Jets this coming week, I think it might be, that's the Vikings ticket. But that's our, that's our sign that this is our division. Right. And I think that's maybe one of those things that could maybe be a little bit more convincing because like, sure, the Vikings can be as good as they want but they can't really be, you know, the real deal, the contender until they are top of the division. And right now that is still something that is technically, <laughs> I mean, we're five weeks in and the Vikings are one game up on the division. I wouldn't say that they're the Kings of the division just yet, but I think if we get one more embarrassing Packers loss. That could just be it. It could. And I think it will be. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, I think I got to put my, my meter on feeling i'm feeling how about like an 81 you know four and one is it's a great place to be again like i said with all the tiebreakers and all that stuff already we're second place in the nfc and i don't really see a team in the nfc aside from the eagles that like i think it's going to be a blowout game you know you look at there's there's quite a few good teams that we have in the nfc nobody is great the Cowboys, I think, are always going to be a team that might give us some trouble. But that's absolutely a winnable game. Um, I mean, looking back on the Lions, who are now 1-4, and four, that doesn't really – they don't really look like a great team anymore. I mean, they're still a really top-scoring offense, but Bill Belichick and those uh, Patriots held them to absolutely nothing. So, I, I mean, th- they'll probably be a challenge. Uh, playing at Lambeau is always going to be a challenge. Playing at Soldier Field always going to be a challenge. But uh, I don't really think that there's a team that is in the NFC that I see as like, oh my gosh, no, I I, I really, really don't want to face that team. Um, That's the Eagles. Exactly. And we've gotten that one over with. It was a loss. We move on. Um, you hope that we're not faced up against them in the first round of the playoffs or the second round, you hope that something crazy happens. I don't know. But I put them at about an 81. 
I think there. I think the road looks bright ahead for this team, and I'm sticking to it. Osti, uh, I'm sitting at a seventy. Uh, I think it's a nice win. Now I probably would have been at a seventy-five if the second half didn't look so abysmal. Um, that's my big thing with the Vikings right now is I really just want a clear, clean-cut victory where you just know from the beginning. And I really thought we were going to have that this game, especially after the first half. We just were so in charge. Um, but, no, I agree with you too, Mikey. I think divisionally, I think we're sitting in a very good spot. I think the other three teams in division are just still trying to figure out who they are on the season, which is a problem we had last year. I think this is one of the fastest seasons the Vikings have kind of come into finding their identity. Um, but I do think there are still a couple other teams in the conference that are going to give us trouble. And Eagles are one of them. And the other one I'm not looking forward to facing is the Cowboys. Cowboys defense really scares me. And it looks like a defense that could really wreak havoc on us. And honestly, we faced Cooper Rush last year, did not do well. And if we have to face him this year, I'm not looking forward to that game either. Honestly, so, I'm more afraid to face Cooper Rush than Dak Prescott at this point. <laughs> no, say, yeah, I mean, and I think, to be honest, I think everybody knows where it's going, and nobody just officially wants to say it. It seems like a joke, but looking over there, um, Dallas, I don't know why you would think of starting Dak Prescott if he comes back. Like, you have a QB who's playing well. And honestly, this isn't the first time you've had like a backup QB or a late rounder take over the starting mantle and become like your premier QB for the next eight to nine years. So I, I think we're just a week or two away from hearing that Dak Prescott's no longer the starter in Dallas. And that's just, that's just so wild. I think, you know what, it, it really might just take, if Dak comes back, here in week six, which it's looking like he may come back in week six. Uh, I know the the target was week five. I haven't really looked too much into it, but from last I heard, he might come back in week six. Let's say maybe week seven. If he loses out the bat, I think I think it's Cooper Rush's team now, and I think it's going to be that simple. Right, Jerry Jones um... doesn't seem like the kind of guy who really cares to mess around. I think Dak gets the benefit of the doubt when he comes back. But if he I don't think so. on that first game, it's done. I don't think so. If Cooper Rush doesn't lose a game until Dak comes back, there's no reason to put Dak in. Like, the I, offense statistically – He's your franchise quarterback. He's your franchise, he's your franchise quarterback. You're paying quarterback so much money is, to play. Oh, no, I get you, but he's your franchise quarterback that has, sit, has sat more games than any other player on that team. And you have a QB who is winning – more games. Who is five and zero? Oh, I I don't see how I don't see how you okay. can go away right. from the five no, and zero oh guy. All right, let's Austin. take a look You're, at the stats. Austin, this isn't Madden. You're getting trigger happy. I said not... there is no way in hell that you don't put Prescott back in. But I think the second he starts to falter, if he has one or two bad games, they are going to put Cooper. Rush he's already in. he's already started to falter. He's he's been faltering the whole time he's been in. That's my problem. Cooper Rush is just looking good. He's beaten good teams. This isn't the first, and this isn't even the first time. He did this last season yesterday. I remember and the last season as well. I remember the games he played. People were impressed with him, and they made the jokes. 
hey, he's playing better than Dak Prescott. So he's got two seasons of this history now. He played. And you know what? It's a part of he's a part of the team. I'll give him that. He came in during the Tampa Bay. What? I think he made seven completions during Tampa Bay. That was an L. He did not start that game. But he made he went 19 for 31, one touchdown against Cincinnati. The, the thing about Cooper Rush is that his numbers when he does play, yes, he wins, but he doesn't seem to be the driving force behind the wins. To me, I think it's really that defense. Uh, no, the defense is the best part of the team. I'll give you credit. But, I mean, if, if you're going by the argument of numbers looking good and being the reason they won, Dak Prescott hasn't done that either. Well, look at this, though. Even on this last game, he, he completed 10 passes, no touchdowns. I'll give you no interceptions, but – I don't know. I think they want the guy who they are paying to throw touchdowns. And oh, I no, think no. I think they, I think he everybody, play, he will play. I think they want the guy they're paying, but the question, the, the, not even the question, the harsh reality is the guy that they're paying big money to isn't doing anything better. He's not throwing touchdowns. He's, he's not playing well. He's not the mobile QB that he was three years ago. Now, the question is if, if we were to look at Dak Prescott three years ago to Cooper Rush now, who do you go with? Of course, Dak Prescott. But the thing is, Dak Prescott has really not bounced back as well as he thought he – I think the league thought he would. And honestly, I'm just saying, with the five starts that Cooper Rush has had, he has five wins. Dallas, you really got to look at that and start to ask yourself the hard question – do we go with the guy just because we're paying him big money or do we go with the guy that can actually get this team to win? I think, I think we agree on the entire, the end goal of this, you know, when we look at the long game, I think, you know, I think if if you're betting on this, if you're betting who's going to be the starter for the Dallas Cowboys at the end of the season, who will, who will be, you know, the number one QB. I don't think it's a bad bet to say that it's Cooper Rush. But I, I just don't I can't see if he wins another game because if he wins one more game, that's what five game that'll be five games this season he's won as a starter. Uh I just don't see them pulling pulling the rug away from a guy that's that hot. I get what you're saying, Mikey. He's not the main motivator, but he seems to know the offense better than Dak Prescott does. And I don't think anybody can argue that. All right, you two. This isn't a Dallas Cowboys podcast. It'll be right, about a right. week. You guys are here. sounding like you guys are sounding like Jimmy Johnson and Terry Bradshaw on Fox Nine Game Day. Oh, well, God. in argument, I think it's the biggest story right now in the NFL. Is is Dak Prescott losing his job? Next week, it will be Austin. Convince me that Cooper Rush is the real deal. Oh, yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will. We'll see you next. Uh, well, I guess later on in the week to preview the Vikings going down to Miami to face the Dolphins, and we'll get more into that later on. Woohoo! Woohoo! We'll see you guys later.
Welcome to the after show. I have an important issue to bring up. What is it, Carrie? Did you get so during the game and you know obviously, you know, my girlfriend is going to school for pediatric oncology, which is children's cancer, but during the game they had everybody wearing intercept cancer hoodies. Like all the coaches on the sidelines were wearing intercept cancer. So yeah. to intercept means to to take away but also like catch like you are catching the ball so (laughs) catch cancer well i mean yeah you're catching it before you want to intercept it and catch it before before it becomes a problem Uh, (laughs) you want to catch cancer i see where the comedy comes from it's a bit of a stretch (laughs) so then i was like okay they can just change it to sack cancer but then it's like okay now it's like sack and then that can be turned into like ball sack cancer, like tes- testicular cancer. So that's not good. And then I was like, why didn't they just take tackle cancer? Is that already like trademarked? Like, is that something that is like licensed to somewhere else? Why did they have to go with intercept? I feel like it's the- <laughs> whoever greenlit that should be fired. Cause I, yeah, I noticed it almost instantaneously. I was like intercept cancer. That doesn't even like roll off, like tackle cancer. It rolls off the tongue. Intercept cancer. It's implying that you're catching it. Like it's a viral disease. Yeah, you know, I, I I saw that and I had a similar thought. I thought, you know, okay, first of all, let me be clear. I think it's I think it's a really good thing, you know. Yes, exactly. That I, they're doing I'm all for it. I love it. But I also thought it was weird seeing like quarterbacks wearing like intercept cancer things like that. I think I saw Dak actually. We were just talking about him on the sidelines in like an intercept cancer hoodie. I'm like, ooh, yeah, like are we? It's weird that a quarterback is like wanting to talk about interceptions again that's another weird thing but just tackle cancer it just seems like it's 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 easier you know it gets the same message it's across already tackle, it's already there know? and i feel yeah. like that's what they've been doing in the past like when they i don't know why they got rid of this but they always used to like the i think the nfl just got more strict on its uniform guys used to wear like pink sleeves during october and like pink socks and pink cleats and the whole field well, was all I think that was that's for breast cancer. So I think they're trying to make it a little more inclusive to not just oh breast cancer because when it's pink, that just signifies breast cancer, and like each specific cancer has a certain color for um for people to wear. Yes, yes, and I think that's why Alexander Madison, his hair is some of his hair is like pink because I think like his mother or something had breast cancer, yep. right? So yep, yes, that so does that, make sense. I, but still, and like, I, I even, do, even there when is, that was around, even when that was around, it was still called tackle cancer. Like it, but it, I do believe they still do the breast cancer thing because I think it's a whole. It, there's a whole month dedicated to it, and whatnot. So I do. I think that's just different. But I think this is just the NFL kind of. This is what they've been doing the last couple of years. This isn't the first time I've seen intercept either. Well, oh, actually, this is the first time I've seen it. Well, I actually just that, looked it up. Uh, October is actually Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. Yeah, because uh, they've been doing this program, though, for maybe they changed the name from Intercept, but I know they've been doing, uh, like, kind of catch it, because it's more of, like, I think in the past they advertise screening or something gets screened early. Yeah, right, yeah, they, yeah. Want, they want people to to go in and catch it before it gets bad, like, get get before checked in the red zone. Before you get to the red zone. <laughs> oof oof duh. so yes i i could not i could not wait to bring this up that was my like 
that was my thing I needed to to voice my concerns on. I think whoever is running that ad campaign needs to go back to business school. Yeah, it's, I, I think it, it, it's questionable because, again, like you said, you got a really easy one right there. There's not going to be any questions because, I, I don't know, the offense, they don't want interceptions. Yeah. I mean, you could say the offense doesn't want tackles either, but what about offensive tackles? Tell me that. Can we just change it to gritty on cancer? <laughs> Justin Jefferson becomes the new spokesperson for it. That can be his his uh he can start his a big gritty yeah. on cancer. That's funny. Yeah, that was my that was my thing. Yeah, no, that was a. Uh, that's good. We're we're. Really can I say something? My thing. Yeah, I say the thing that pissed me off the most this week with football hmm. um, is how did anybody watch the Buccaneers game and how Atlanta basically got screwed into a loss? Oh, yeah, that was so bad. That I am really sick bad. and tired of these old QBs, two in particular that are going to get a hit hard, is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I'm sick and tired of how if they get hit and the stat just looks bad, it's an automatic foul. When you got other old guys like Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, that when they get hit, nobody cares. Nobody cares about them. But it's just, oh, these. I'm just sick and tired of it because this is not the first time it's happened. But this is one of the first times where it, in, it caused a game to be bought, ruined and end early because of it. I'm sick and tired of these, like, protecting. And you could even tell after the flag was thrown – the refs, when they like zoomed on the refs' face, they were like, "Crap, we should have not have thrown that." And well, then, I like, it... what? What? Sometimes refs can say there is no flag for uh, whatever. What qualifies a play for them to throw a flag and then they can pick up the flag? Because why don't they just do that? Yeah, well, I don't after, know. That's after they've had time to like talk. You know, you, they'll like throw the flag and then like one of them will go, "Oh, did." Well, we should like look at that. And it always shows them they're like talking, they're talking, and all the the announcers are like stalling. And then they finally go, "Oh yeah, sorry, just there's no flag. Sorry, we we screwed up, you know." But this was like a throw the flag. They didn't really even talk on it that much. And then he was like uh, roughing the passer, you know, which so, was bull because there was no roughing the passer whatsoever. It was he didn't a even... clean, clean sack. It was a Beautiful clean, sack. and it was Wrapped a clean, safe waist. sack. Well, and then they doubled down on it later. They doubled down on it later. They explained the call after the game. But even the the commentators were like, that's not a foul. That's that's nothing with the rules. They explained it after the game, and they're like, their reasoning was they didn't like the way he hit the ground. (laughs) And that's not fair to the defender. The defender hit the ground before him and carried him over his body. Yeah, if anything, that was the safe thing to do. His shoulder pad hit the ground. His head didn't even hit the ground. His shoulder pads also that I guess he's been wearing since college football. That's a fun fact about Tom Brady. He's worn the same pads the entire – like uh, shoulder pads the has entirety he worn, of his has he worn the same? Has he worn the same jock strap too? Oh, yeah. Except for the two games he faced the Giants in the Super Bowl, he said. He, he went no commando for that one. <laughs> yeah, biggest, biggest mistake of his career. No, you, you hate to see – you hate to see that kind of thing, and especially you know, it, it seems like they really do just make exceptions, especially for Brady and Rodgers, because I was watching Sunday Night Football, 
I saw Lamar Jackson take a pretty big hit on a slide that was just a no call, you know. But if that would have been Tom Brady, you can be sure definitely would have been 15 yards in the first down. Oh, that guy would have been executed. Yeah, maybe an ejection. They would have chopped his head off right there. No, yeah, and that's just what I'm tired of is I'm like, you see so many. Like, look at Tua and the hits he took. The two big ones, neither of them were a foul. Does anyone know if he's okay? No, no one knows. Because I'm sure the Dolphins are lying about it. Yeah, he's probably in one of those like uh, like Luke Skywalker in uh, Empire Strikes Back after the he like, spent all that time on Hoth. Yeah, he's in like a back to chamber, just kind of in his diaper, kind of floating around. <laughs> he's actually there. he is a vegetable now. He's uh, actually frozen. Trial. <laughs> you guys, yeah. uh, you guys had a had a hate to see it. Um, it was I don't remember what game it was. It was might have been. Carolina, there was some game where apparently, like, a little boy ran onto the field, and he got tackled by security, like, decked and hurt. Apparently, and I don't know, I haven't seen more develop developments on it, but I read that, uh, I guess a woman who identified herself as the boy's mother said that the kid's only 10. Oh my <laughs> it's god. Okay, but the, apparently the security people were like, he was he was older than ten. So there's some mixed stories. I just think that's so funny. I did not did not see that because you know security guards get so angry because typically they just get juked out and look like crap. So you know, like they were like next person that comes on this field is just getting lit up. I'm surprised they don't just like have uh like if we were watching like a chiefs game for instance or a bills game like this chiefs and bills game that's about to happen this week if they like just i would just give a ball to josh allen and have josh allen just throw a nuke at this at the dude's head you know that, that's what i or like you know if you don't want to concuss him or kill him then just like have patrick mahomes throw like an underhand like sidearm behind the back looking the other direction and then, like, the ball will hit him in the ankles like a stick going in, like, bike spokes. And then the guy will just topple over. You know, don't even have to worry about these fat, lazy slob uh, security guards having to chase these people around. Well, I did see one uh, last week. There was, a, there was a streaker on the field. Not a naked streaker. But I think it was uh, Bobby Wagner who yeah, yeah. threw a shoulder into him. And then apparently the dude wants to press charges against Bobby Wagner. Well, you can't press charges. You can't be on the field. Yeah. Well, is then there, there was a sign the that one. says no trespassing. Is there a sign that says no? You can't. I, I, I've never seen one. You buy your ticket. When you buy there your ticket, it's all in the fine print. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. You kind of when you're buying a ticket and you go in there, you kind of agree to accept and follow the rules that the stadium has in place. I well, think I bought that my ticket. Be... I bought my ticket from a scalper outside the stadium, so <laughs> that wasn't on my. That wasn't on my thing. I think uh, I think that would actually be a really funny uh, fantasy football uh, loser thing. You have to go streak at a sporting event. You have to just be banned for life. Well, suck. at that point, you wouldn't want to do the NFL, you know, because you, you, you know you could risk getting tackled by guys like Bobby Wagner. I would just do it or- like something super, super, you know, not uh, go to not like public. a. Gonna like a or, golf event or something. I was gonna say like a intramural like uh, co-ed uh, community flag football game. 
Or like maybe like a baseball game or something. I'm not yeah. saying those guys aren't athletic and they're not strong because they're all way stronger than me. Way well, more athletic. They're all than juiced me. up too. They're all like three gin rickies in. You know, they're gonna be headhunting you. Certainly not a football game and certainly not like a hockey game. I think that would probably be the worst one. Hockey game, you would just be stuck. <laughs> those guys have skates. They're coming at you. You've got no traction. Oh, I would wear skates. Nothing else, but I would wear skates at least. And it would, oh my gosh, it hurts to fall on the ice without pads. <laughs> you're getting tackled onto that ice and you're banned forever. Brutal. <laughs> uh, you know, I said it was a hate to see it. I, I love to see it. So, that, well, then is the, that LA... the new theme of the, is that the new theme of the after show? You hate to see it. Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, no, we, this after show is, it's been really evolving. So, and, and I'm, I've been having a lot of fun with it. So thanks for, uh, thanks for coming along, hanging out. It's been great. You hate to see it. You hate, hate to see, see it. it. <sighs> Skull. Well, guys, you Skull. hate to see it, but I think it's, uh, are we wrapping this episode up? Yes. Hell yeah. But you hate to see it. You hate, hate to see it. To see it. Hate to see it. Skull. Skull. Skull.